Hello everybody, thank you for tuning into the show. Today we're going to be talking about what it's like to go inside a psychiatric hospital. My name's Chris Sutton, this is Mental Conversations. I'm not sure I can be so absent-minded Take a good look, no notice, don't be blinded And we're rolling, again. Um, so, um... Lyndon Rigglesworth is with me. Uh, Lyndon, thanks for coming uh, back into the studio. Thank you. Um, previously, for, for those people who haven't listened, I would actually recommend you go back to the previous episode with Lyndon um, just to hear his story. It's a very powerful, very emotional story, and um, but one that kind of takes you through to the kind of recovery process that you're moving through now and will continue to move through forever you know like and we we work at these things every day when we struggle with anxiety um but i deliberately asked you in the last podcast not to talk about one particular um time during your um you know when you were really struggling with your mental health and that's when um you got to a point where you voluntarily um checked yourself in essentially to the crisis assessment unit um, in Leeds. Um, Now, this might, I mean, I don't think it's just me, but I have a real fascination with with just the fact that I don't know what happens in a a unit like that um, and in that part of the hospital. Um, So I did, I asked you, you know, just so people know, I have asked Lyndon if you're happy to talk about this and and if we, you know if it gets too difficult or anything, we can just put the microphone down and just stop talking about it. Um, but so, can you talk me through what happened from so kind of when you first entered the building, if you like? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm more than happy to to talk about it. Um, I mean, to be honest, it's worth saying to start with that. Um, Certainly these days, um, to be admitted to hospital, to, to a psychiatric hospital, um, you, you, you do have to be um, pretty uh, unwell. They, um, due to resources, um, beds, etc. Um, it's kind of a, it's seen as a last resort. They, they exhaust all of the other avenues before um, um, before you go, you would go into hospital. Sure. Um, so I, I was, um, I was assessed down at the, due to due to my sort of my mental health at the time, and the I was in in crisis um, and not not functioning um, at all well. Um, I, I was assessed down at the, um, the the local hospital. The the um, St James is the Becklin Centre, which is the, the psychiatric um, unit, um, and within that unit, um, I think they have several wards, um, and they also have a unit called the um, CAU or the Crisis Assessment Unit. Um, so I was assessed by um, a psychiatrist and a um, mental health nurse. Um, when you said sorry to interrupt I'm, I may interrupt you a lot during this no, one if that's alright and okay. that's because and people out there will either like this about my approach to things or will switch off but 
I have some quite basic and perhaps stupid questions. So, so like, what when they? So, how do they assess you? So they they essentially um, you would go. They they get you a taxi down there. Um, they book a taxi. Um, you you go in the taxi to um, the reception. Yeah. Um, and and then you're greeted. You wait a while, and then the um, the consultant psychiatrist and the the nurse will come and um, and meet you and greet and, you. And are you on your own? Were you on I, your? I was on my own. Yeah. Yeah. I was. Um, and then they take you to to a room and and basically um, do a, a an assessment whereby they um, they take a history from you. Um, and they they ask you what what led to you um, presenting there in in the you know the current sort of situation what 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 events have led up to to you uh, being so unwell they ask about any medication um, they ask about your your family background your family setup uh, they ask yeah. about your your employment. Um, lifestyle um, uh, they discuss any sort of physical health uh, conditions that you might have um, and did you get the impression during that that this is just my take really but that they that as well as listening to the answers to the questions that they were looking at your kind of your manner and you know uh, how, how you're I guess essentially your behaviour. Yeah, they, they obviously observe. Um, they obviously they they're, they're trained professionals and they're used to um, you know diagnosing people. Uh, they look at your posture, your your body language, your level of eye contact. Yeah. Um, your response to to stimuli. Um, the you you coherency of your speech. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, their their business is to determine, um, you know, what what's wrong with somebody, and to, um, you know, identify whatever needs you have, and and try to meet that need, um, however best they can. So, um, so once you're, so once they've assessed you, yeah. So you knew you were staying. Did you know you were staying for a week, or did you did you know any duration at that well, time? Yeah, towards the end of the assessment, they um, obviously I was I was very distressed, very upset. Yeah. Um, and they sort of one of the options was that um, they would admit me um, to the hospital to the uh, the crisis assessment unit, um, and their their words were it would be for a short um, stay so that we can um, have a good look at how. How are you managing, and see what help we can we can give to you. Um, so they so from there, yeah. They so you're admitted into the hospital, yeah. and it, when you said about the wards, I know you said that the um, crisis assessment unit was like a separate or little yeah. part of it. But yeah. is that? Do you have your? Did you have your own room? I did. Yeah. I mean, from the when it was agreed that um, I would I would go into hospital. Obviously, there was an element of relief there for me, but there was also a, 
a fear that oh my god it's got to this I mean yeah you bear in mind not long prior to that I was at work and although I had some difficulties with, with anxiety I was doing just getting on with it um, yeah so I, I left the assessment I was told to go home and and basically they would um to pack a bag and they would get me a taxi when the bed was um, available um I imagine there's a lot of paperwork and things for them to do. See, that's that's interesting in terms mm. of the that they, especially as it's called the crisis assessment. Yeah. You know that word crisis is quite striking, isn't it? it and it so, is. they, so they still. I know you were there voluntarily, but yeah, they mean, still they, sent you a way to come back again. They did. They determined that I was safe to do that. I yeah. Mean, and they they sort of asked if I had any family or anybody with me. My partner was was at home so they, they wouldn't have um, let me go if, if they had any doubt yeah of course that. and I'm sure they know what you know I'm sure like you say yeah. this is their profession they I'm yeah. sure they know what you know know what they're doing um, so you come back yeah. in the taxi so you've got your own room yeah. so and this might sound really trivial it might just be me but what's the so what's the room like the rooms it, it, it's horrible it's it's clinical um, i mean I'll, I'll just start when 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 you arrive in the taxi with my bag and they they basically a, a lovely nurse um sort of greets greets me and and she said she they have to sort of look look through your bag which is um a bit a bit sad, really, because you know they 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 take any lighters off you if you smoke. They take, um, you know, they check that you know. If you, they're checking for things to, yeah. for you to harm yourself. Yeah, there's a lot. People are in there because they're unwell. Yeah, um, of course. Yeah. So that's that. They they then sort of do ask about any medication that you you take, and they um, you then go. Um, they show you a room. Um, the room it's all very clean but very basic um, it's very incredibly frightening because you you sit in this room I mean I was looking at my own room um, I think in this crisis assessment unit there's um, probably about eight rooms I think four for females which is in another part of the unit and then four, yeah. four or five for males um, you have a single bed, you have a window that um, doesn't open fully, that just opens a bit, and there's a sink that um, has a... You can only push the tap and it will give out a certain amount of water. Oh, yeah, and then it pops back up again. Yeah, so I imagine that's for people who um, uh, have ideas of, of drowning themselves. Or, so it, it's, pretty, it's pretty grim. You... you and what about a, a bathroom? Is it is it all? So there's a separate bathroom and shower. And the one thing that that is really immediately in your face is the fact that you have to be buzzed in and out of literally every room. You, the the bedrooms are on a kind of corridor. Yeah. And in order to get from the corridor to the the main bit of the unit, which is a kitchen, TV room. Mm-hmm. And then to go outside to the the main bit where where you can smoke, you you have to be uh, allowed to do that. Not in a 
as in you're, you're a, a prisoner, but basically for your for your own safety. So in terms, but the the again, I know it's a very basic question, but the the room, the door isn't locked though. You can no. you can walk out of the door and in into the yeah. into the corridor and. I mean, yeah. the, the, so, yeah, the, the the room they're not. There's staff there 24 hours a day. You're not locked in. Um, I think when you're a new patient, uh, they I think the first 24 hours, if you want to go out for a cigarette, a member of staff will will walk out with you um, just to to make sure you're okay. Um, <laughs> it, it was it was absolutely horrendous, Chris. It was the the worst experience of my life. Um, I was really, really ill, but you, you, are surrounded by people that that have, um, you know, people who, who have sort of who are in psychosis, who who literally don't know where they are uh, or who they are, and if you're in this kind of environment um, with with acute kind of anxiety, yeah. the last thing oh you want God, is. Yeah. Um, yeah. To be kind of exposed to, to people um, who so, were really, really, really... Um, so you were frightened, you know, actually. I was petrified. I was, I was frightened of what, what it had become, what, where had I, you know, what's it come to this? I'm, I'm, this is it. I'm, bear in mind all the time that this I'm, I'm here, I have this high-pitched noise in my ears, the, the tinnitus, tinnitus which yeah. is just never-ending at this point. Um, I, they they st- took me off my sort of antidepressants that, and put me on a new a new one, which it takes weeks and weeks and weeks to work. So I was very vulnerable. Um, so then, in, so in terms of the, um, so the uh, like. Well, so what were the other people there like? That I mean, did you interact and yeah. and in you said there's the commun- a communal area. There is, I think, um, from memory, there were probably three other males in there and probably four or five females of, of differing ages. There were a couple that I noticed had sort of bandages on their arms who had um, it later came out and told me that they cut. Yeah. To commit suicide, um, um, and uh, yeah, you, uh, most people in there seem to be um, chain smokers. They go out and smoke one after the other, um, and that in itself is is pretty pretty depressing. Um, they have out in this smoking area. There's. Um, like this machine where you push a button and put the cigarette in a hole and the, uh, that will ignite the cigarette rather than... Oh, wow. Lighter. Oh, because you've, yeah, you've had your lighter taken off you if you yeah. smoke, yeah. Um, and, the, you know, the staff in there are lovely. There's the, the, very highly staffed. Um, they, That's they, what I was going to ask you about. Yeah, they have, in, certainly in the, the crisis assessment unit, I'm not sure about on the, the walls, but there, there would be... There would always be at least two uh, nurses, and then there'd be three or four support workers who were who were brilliant, um, and obviously the 
you would see the psychiatrist every morning when, when they did their, their rounds. Um, and, the, and, and similarly then, was that when you saw the psychiatrist, so that was in your room, they'd come around? They, sorry, when, when you first go in there, um, you, you're seen by a psychiatrist and a, a doctor and they do a full sort of medical examination, um, kind of when, they're, when you're being sort of checked in as it were, they, mm. they look at, um, they do lots of tests, they do blood tests and I, I don't know if that's relevant to, to people with sort of mood disorders to see if their thyroids are... Yeah, up, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, sorry, Karen. So no, so when so when the psychiatrist is doing their rounds, yeah. they they come they come to your room. Well, they, and they, then they, there's actually a, um, like a meeting room that that, that they you, they sit in and the nurse will sit in with you. Right. Um, and then is it like a mini assessment, like from yeah. the first day? So they're looking for your they're eye just, contact and yeah, your they see how how you've you've been and they'll obviously chat with the the care team the nurses um can i ask you are they like are they what's their manner like i've never tr- spoken to a psychiatrist yeah. so is their manner quite matter of fact or are they yeah. like are they overtly compassionate or They're, i mean to be honest my the psychiatrist that i saw was, was wonderful she she was great um but Bear in mind, I was in there with with this acute um, anxiety. Um, so I, anything that was said, I I would my mind would misconstrue it. Construe yeah. It. Okay. And yeah. If I, I remember, I about inability to tolerate. And so I would constantly seek reassurance. Mm-hmm. Will I ever get back to normal? Will I ever be all right? And constant anxiety attacks at this point that, that would would just happen and, and I would have a sort of session with the nurse where we'd, we'd talk and I remember one nurse saying to me I, I bet you 99.9% of my salary that you will be okay you will get better and you will go back to work Wow! and she said but I'm not going to bet you 100% because you can't do that and because of that one point one percent. I thought, well, there's a chance that I. Would. Oh, I, yeah. That's that's a really good like analogy. Sort of distorted but thinking. Yeah, that that's what it was. That the psychiatrist. You say was she matter of fact? That you know the busy people. She was lovely, but I said, well, what? I was seeking reassurance. Yeah. I said, well, what? What if I don't get better? What will happen? What? 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 And she's saying, well, you will get better. The prognosis is very good for anxiety. Um, you might have bumps in the road, but you will, you will, you will be fine. Right. But I said, yeah, but what, what if I do what? And she goes, oh, well, you'd, you'd probably have to go into a ward. Mm-hmm. So immediately that made my anxiety go through the roof because I thought... That's what's going to happen to yeah, me. Yeah, and I That's... replayed the, the, the image of her sitting there and the expression on her face over and over again a million times in my head, ruminating. Yeah. Well, that means that there is a chance I'll go on a ward. So that's it. I've lost everything. I've lost my sanity. I've lost my job. I've lost my life. Terrifying. And this is what what anxiety can do to you. Um, 
One thing that, as I say, the staff were, were absolutely amazing. Uh, one thing that I found really difficult was they had, um, they had like a, a gym group and a walking group for, for, for people, for patients. Mm. And um, I was asked on one day, would, would I like to go for a walk? Um, we're going out to Roundy Park. So I live near Roundy Park, it's, it's my local park, and um, I, I've walked around Roundy Park many times with, with people I, I care for in my, in my job, sure. and my son uh, when he was younger. And I, I reluctantly agreed to go for this walk around the lake at Roundy Park, but I, I, was, I was literally walked around Roundy Park by three members of staff. And it just made me feel wow. like I am. What what's happened to me? I am now on the. I'm. 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 I'm my profession is is in in the caring profession, and it was a complete role reversal. Yeah. I was the cared one, wow. for, which I found incredibly difficult. Very hard to really get your head around. Really hard to get my head around. Really frightening. Um, yeah. Incredibly scary. Um, but we walked around the park and. and it was what it was. It, it, it helped. It was a good thing to do. Um, what what time of year was it? Just out of this interest. Was, this would have been last summer. So, so I, it was in the I, summer. It was really nice weather. I remember that. Um, so were there? So and it was a group of you walked. There, there was there a group. About four of us and about three members of staff and two two of the. I think there were four or five of us and. It was like in a minibus. You know, we went out in this minibus and I thought, my God, what what's what happened well, to me were the, were the other people that were there mm. did you have did you have conversations I, with them about stuff like that you know I were they did. having the same kind of well, similar kind of feelings yeah the, the, it varied there was one guy who was really um <laughs> he was really depressed bless him so he was he spent the time walking around the lake crying right um, i mean I, I have to say this is completely on PC, but it, it was a bit like sort of one flow of a cuckoo's nest. The, the in terms of the humour, in that there was one guy sort of shouting, and there was yeah. a guy crying. There was me, um, you know, being sort of guided around um, a part did of you, fear that I would jump in the lane. Did you think I don't belong here? I did, yeah, um, yeah, and I. I I was just petrified because I thought, well, if this is how it's turned out, you know, I I might be like this forever be, because yeah. of the anxiety, the OCD type anxiety that I, I have. Um, it, it was my worst fears had come true. You know, I used to fear, oh God, what if I ever went mad? Well, I, I practically did. You know? Yeah. Um, the re- you know, the reason that... Um, the kind of catalyst for this, when we first spoke and I kind of asked you whether you would be like willing to come on to the show and talk about this, mm. um, you know, there, there is a bit, if I'm honest, of a personal story behind it in that when I was in the depths of, dep- of my kind of depression mm. and I was, you know, very seriously considering ending my own life, mm. I, and I don't say that lightly, I'm just, I'm used to mm. saying it now, so I say it quite fluidly, really. Mm. Um, I was thinking, I, I need to go to one of these places to get away and to get away from myself. Mm. And, you know, and then, but I didn't know anything about them other than one floor with a cuckoo's nest mm. kind of thing. And 
um, you know, and then I'd spoken to a couple of people who said, no, 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 you do not want to go. That's mm. not mm. what you want. It's not, you know, so it's really hard, isn't it? It's, it's, it's very difficult to kind of know what's best. And uh, it, it is. I mean, the, the, there are a lot of people, um, unfortunately, in, in sort of the hospital settings who I think they call it the revolving door, the people that have, have had really, really crap lives and um, have very sort of long term, serious mental health, severe mental health. Uh, difficulties and I got the impression there were people in there who who spend some time in there they go out back into the community they don't manage and then they go back into hospital and it's a bit of a revolving door and fortunately for me that that's not the that hasn't been the case and I think it I also think it's different I get the impression that the wards are very different to the crisis assessment unit they're not as highly staffed on the walls Mm -hmm. Um, it seems I think it's more intense support in the because people are in crisis in in the unit and and just in terms of practicalities so did Mm. you um, to like shower and things like that could you come and go freely in terms of you can and they they encourage you know there's, there's legislation in place once the mental health act i mean when once you're in there they, you, you know they encourage um when you're well enough to go home and be as normal and do as normal things as possible so i think after about four days they were trying to get me to have have some time at home um and i, I remember it was I, I remember when it it was when the world cup was on and oh, okay. everybody had gone england mad for yeah. the world cup and um, yeah, I remember going home one Saturday, um, and I, I just cried. I, I was I didn't last long. I just and I thought I can't even sit at home. It's yeah, horrendous. Um, it, yeah, the 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 staff, are absolutely amazing. The entire mental health services in Leeds for me have been um, second to none, and that's as I say again from. From the um, Dial House um, to the the hospital to the team that support me after that, and then the mental health team, and finally uh, workplace leads. I, I've had a um, loads of support, but yeah, they, they it, do sound like incredible people. They, they do. It, I, I, you know, it, it was the scariest, most horrific experience of my life without a doubt been in that place and well i i, I mean no. for me i've i've got two i've got i've got two more questions the okay. first one's a very practical thing and a very stupid thing but just i'm just was it like so when you were eat so for food mm. did you eat together did yeah, you you ate together but you could it was quite relaxed i mean i i think there were people in there who maybe hadn't eaten properly for a long time so they they would um, they'd eat at different times but they'd be encouraged to eat Um, and I I say that because I remember at midnight one night them making a meal for this young girl who um, who was a patient in there and she was sat eating a a tea at that time of night Um, Hmm. but it was very flexible you could you know I mean you can't you can come and go 
off the unit as you want, but you can after about nine o'clock at night the, the main doors are locked. Yeah, know, okay. It's, um, so that, quite claustrophobic really. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. yeah. And then and and then the other thing was just so how did you come out? From there, you know, so so you were in, so towards the end, then yeah. did you know that that was, you know, how was it communicated? Was it? Yeah, I mean, it, I think they um, towards the, I think I was in there about a week, and I think the night before I um, was discharged from there, they they sort of suggested I went home and spent the night at home, which I did, and see how I felt, and. Um, it was just completely alien. I mean, going home to see how I felt about staying at home in yeah. itself is is completely it's just hard to get bizarre. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, so they know the daycare and they they say, have you had any thoughts of of anything hurting yourself or how do you? And the good thing was that they the the transition from. From being in there, um, the next day the intensive community service came to see me. So it's not like I was left; I was there. Yeah, of course. And and then they they did about two and a half weeks with me. Bless them; they were very patient because I was when I left the hospital. I was I was the 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 antidepressants weren't working. They mm. take weeks and weeks. About it took about eight weeks to work properly. Um, so the the community nurse and the the um, crisis um, commu- the intensive community service had to they, li- they literally had to give me a to do list. I had to write down, get up, wash, get dressed, wash up, wow. watch your film, um, eat, and then work to that routine. I literally had to do that That's and take, take these yeah. things off, um, and slowly but surely. It, it it went like that up and down for for a few weeks and then on my birthday which was the the 5th of august i um i just thought i've been out of the hospital now about seven weeks i still feel rotten it's horrible this isn't going to go i felt terrible and I, I went to bed and i woke up the next day and i suddenly started to feel a bit better and i thought oh. god i don't feel as bad as i did yesterday this is weird um, I also, I'll just really quickly say, I um, I was I saw an audiologist for the tinnitus, yeah, and was given some hearing aids because I have high frequency hearing loss, and so that fell into place really well. I saw the guy at the tinnitus clinic, and that reassured me, and slowly but surely everything um, everything improved. Amazing. Well, look, you know, yeah. thank you so much for sharing that with us and sharing it with me um it's it's been really well i mean i like i've wanted to ask you about this and i've said to you before i want to have this conversation but can we do it while i'm recording it yeah. so thank you so much for coming on again i really appreciate it's it been a pleasure. Thank great you. thank you Wow, that was uh, inspirational, emotional, um, and informative. I want to thank Lyndon again uh, for coming into the studio. 
And thank you guys out there for listening to me as always. Please follow me at Twitter at MentalComs uh, and Instagram Mental Conversations. Please rate the podcast on iTunes and other uh, podcast places so I can try and spread the message more. Thanks ever so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Take care out there. See you.